Life can be hard, and sometimes you just need an internet bestie to help you out. That's where I come in. Welcome to the Dear Imani Podcast, an advice-based show that reminds you to put yourself first and live in your purpose. And don't worry, I'll always give you the real tea. Need advice or have a story? Send me a message on our Instagram at Dearimani Podcast or Dearimani.com. Tune in every Friday for a new episode. See you there. Sincerely, Imani. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Dear Imani. I am your host, Imani, obviously. You're probably coming from episode one. And surprise, we have double episodes today. I thought, why not launch with a bang and give you two episodes? Really, I did this because you know when you're watching a new show, a new series, and it's only one episode out, and you're kind of like, dang, I wish I had another episode so I can really gauge my feelings for the show, the characters, the plot line. You just want more. So I thought, let me give you double. So when you're craving more at the end, it's like, surprise, there's episode two waiting for you. And in my head, you're all craving more of me. Um, Maybe that's just me being delusional, but let's just go with that. Most of our episodes will be based off a certain topic. So I thought, why not just do another episode and finish off all the questions that I received from me asking you about red flags and opening the floor to any and everything. But before we go into that, I do want to say thank you so, so much for your support. Ever since I announced that I was doing a podcast, I have gotten an overwhelming amount of love, support, kind messages, etc. Like you guys really believe that this is something that I should be doing and that makes me feel even more not more better. (laughs) That makes me feel better. It makes me feel so loved and like I'm doing the right thing because you guys have said, oh my goodness, I've been waiting for this. This is so you. This is you were made to do a podcast. I love hearing you talk. I love hearing your Instagram stories. So that makes me just super excited to actually be on this journey because you guys want this from me. So that's awesome. And thank you so much for your support. I truly see myself as being the number one Spotify podcast one day. The only way for me to get there is through the support. So thank you so much. Thank you for your current support. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you to everyone. All right, so we're going to start with the red flags. When you realize Imani ain't following you on IG after knowing each other for eight years. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, let me tell you about this. That's a red flag if you've known someone for eight years and they haven't followed you on Instagram. So. I will take my L and I deserve this submission because that was very fake of me. And we're real life friends. And you know, sometimes you just forget to follow people. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. Maybe we just never had the IG conversation of like, oh, let me follow you. I promise I was not purposely being fake. Like, I'm not one of those people that is looking for my ratio and wanting to only follow a certain amount of people and keep it at a certain number. I'm not one of those. So I'm not even at crazy numbers. I'm not even at 5,000 followers on Instagram. So I don't even have the right to be stingy about who I'm following. So it definitely wasn't that. It literally just didn't occur to me that I was not following my friends. <laughs> and that sounds so fake, but I'm not fake. I promise. But I followed, I followed him immediately once he called me out on this. So I'm calling myself a red flag. And if we're friends and I don't follow you, text me and tell me I'm fake. Don't do that. That'll make me sad. And I will follow you. So just maybe kindly tap my shoulder and say, follow me. All right. When you befriend someone online, meet in person, and they don't have the same energy. Okay, well, it depends on 
how the person is acting in person. If you're talking about not the same energy in the sense of they're being rude and they were like really nice online, then that's a character trait issue. And that's when it's a problem. And that is definitely a red flag. But if we're talking just on energy, I think sometimes we have to remember that people, one, thrive behind the screen. I think a lot of people probably feel their most confident self behind a screen, especially if you're not a confrontational person. And people have different personalities when they're behind the screen. So that's why you might face different energy than what what you got online versus in person. Some people are not social. They could be introvert, shy, or they have like this online persona. So if that's the case, then you might want to give someone some grace and not just say they're a complete red flag. Maybe kind of read into the situation. Like, is this person different because they're not as exciting? And maybe they're nervous. Maybe that they're just an introvert, like I said. So that really just depends. But if they're being rude or their character is off, then yes, that is a red flag. And maybe that's a sign for you to be like, well, I don't really need this person in my life because you want real life friends, not just friends that are on the internet necessarily. So that to me is a red flag. Another one, friends that only talk about their problems and say things like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Yes, this is a red flag. Okay, so let's just start. The bottom line is most people always want to talk about themselves. Something that I've heard that is a pro of mine, something that I do well, is people have told me that I listen and I ask engaging questions about other people. And how I look at life is like, I don't have to relate to something or want to talk about myself to hear you talk about yourself. So I like to ask people questions and genuinely want to know what their life is like or what that situation was like for them, not for me to go back and say, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And let me tell you about myself. Because if you're only asking questions because you want to talk about yourself, then don't ask questions (laughs) because it's just not fair. Let people talk and you need to listen. Everything does not have to go back to you. What I like to do is if someone's telling a story, whether it's good or bad, sad, they're celebrating something, let them bask in that and bask in that with them. And if you can relate to the story, say it after you realize that, like read the social cue, wait until after they have finished their story and give your feedback and advice or whatever that they're looking for you to give back to them. And then when the time comes, you can then say, oh my God, yes, it happened to me before too. And then go into that. If you, if someone tells a story and you immediately start talking about yourself, then that's really where the issue is. Cause it's like, dang, let me just have my moment. Why you gotta talk about yourself? It's just reading the room and not being selfish when it comes to conversations. I get that conversations go back and forth. So you're, you're going to feel the urge to be like, oh my God, me too. Or I did that same thing when this happened, yada, yada, yada. You're excited to tell your piece because you can relate to them. And people want to feel like you can relate to them. Like when you're confiding in a friend, it's nice not to feel alone in a situation. So I understand that. But you also have to know how to read the room and read the pace of when you should relate the story back to yourself. Lead with listening first and then go from there. Here's a good one. I know we are going through a lot right now, but at least we are going through it together. Okay, so this is like green flag slash red flag. So I say green flag because I would assume and hope that they're only saying this because they're trying to make you feel better. If you're going through something hard at the moment, it's nice to hear. And if your friend is doing it at the same time, it's like you do get to confide in one another and be like, yes, we're going through this together. So at least it makes us a little bit stronger because we can have each other's back in this situation. 
So I think that's where it's a green flag because they're probably trying to make you feel better. I can see how you can feel like it's a red flag because it almost feels like they're trying to invalidate your feelings towards something. It's one of those things that reminds me of like, say if someone's like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry, I'm starving. And then someone else is like, well, they're starving kids. Dang, I'm still hungry. Like that doesn't invalidate my feelings and my hunger because somebody else is starving. You know, I don't think that we should be comparing bad situations or comparing situations. You can complain about something or be sad about something without thinking, oh, well, this person has it worse. We're all valid in our feelings. So if the person is trying to make you feel like your feelings are less than because, hey, we're just, we're going through it together. And it's like, no, well, that's true. We are going through it together, but I'm still really struggling on my end. So let's not invalidate my feelings. So overall, with red flags, I think you have to know how to navigate them. It can be really easy to mistake a red flag and think something is more serious than what it is. And it also can be vice versa to think something is not so serious, but really it's the biggest red flag flying in your face and you're just choosing to avoid it. I don't know if you guys ever seen that DW meme from Arthur and it's like she's reading something and she's like, I can't read. (laughs) That's exactly how some of us be when it comes to red flags. It'll be right in your face and you're still talking about you can't read the sign. Girl, it's right in your face. (laughs) All right, we're going to move on to the rest of the Dear Imani submissions. What do you do when your friend can't dress? (laughs) This is hilarious. Okay, wait, let me tell you a little story first. So one of my best friends, Shaloy, hey Shaloy, she got proposed to. And let me disclaimer before I even start this. She can dress. So that's not where the story is going. Where the story is going is a tip on how you can get someone to dress like you want them to dress. So the whole idea of the proposal, the surprise proposal, was her now fiance. We were going to pretend like it was my birthday dinner because it was around my birthday. And he knew the outfit that she was going to wear to my fake birthday dinner, which was actually her proposal. And he knew that she wouldn't want to wear that to her proposal. So he asked me to try to figure out how to change her outfit. So what I did was I put this fake group chat together of our friends and I was like, hey y'all, so what are you going to wear to my birthday dinner? And everyone knows I'm extra. So it would make sense for me to want everyone to look extra. And they start sending pictures in like fake pictures of themselves in previous outfits from whatever other event they had. And then Shaloy still sent the picture of what she was going to wear which was the outfit that her fiance did not want her to wear and that we both knew she wouldn't want her proposal to be in that outfit. So then I was like, oh shoot, she's not changing her outfit. So then I text all the girls individually and sent them pictures of like outfits on pretty little thing, like these really fancy cute dresses and sparkly heels. And I was like, okay, go back in the group chat and send these pictures in the group chat so you're going to wear this instead. So then we did that and that kind of made her like ears perk and be like, oh, maybe I should change my outfit. So then she was like, okay, I'm going to wear this tight dress and my sparkly heels. And that's when we were like, yes, wear that. That is what you're going to wear. So that's how I went about changing someone's outfit. Mind you, this isn't like her everyday style. Like the outfit that she had, it was really cute, but it wasn't an outfit that she would want to wear for her beautiful engagement photos. I just know that about my friend. So I did the extra mile and did the most to get her out of the outfit. So when we're talking about everyday scenarios, if your friend like legitimately just can't dress and it's not just an outfit that doesn't go with the theme of something and she just literally cannot dress, 
that can be hard, especially if the friend is not asking for your opinion, right? I am a non-confrontational person and I also am a person that thinks that everyone should just do what they want to do and what makes them happy. So when no one asks for my opinion, I don't want to give it necessarily. LOL at me having a podcast with tons of opinions. <laughs> but whatever, that's a different point because you low-key are still submitting them. and But I very much will still give unsolicited opinions on here. But that's just different, you know? Okay, so when it comes to freedom and style and your own personal edge, I just feel like I don't have the right to tell someone when they don't ask. Like, everyone has a mirror. So when you walk out the house, you know what you wore, you know what your lashes look like, you know what your makeup looks like, you know what your nails look like. So who am I to be like, I don't like that. At the end of the day, that's just my opinion. Who really cares? You know what you like and you know what you saw when you put it on. So that's the hard part about telling your friend they can't dress because that's still at the end of the day, just my opinion of thinking you can't dress. And like I said, who am I to tell you that if you like your own personal style? But if they ask you, then that's where you should be honest and say, okay, I don't like this outfit. You should wear this. Or no, I don't like that shirt. Then I'm going to be honest. But if if we get dressed and my friends just dress and happy, ready to walk out the door and me knowing myself, I'm not just about to fix my mouth to say, I don't like that outfit. You know, unless it was like atrocious and like clearly you're going to make us not get into this club, then I'm going to say something. But if it's just personal style that I don't like, I would have a hard time telling my friend that if I'm being honest, just because I just don't think I have the right to dictate their fashion sense. But if you are trying to do that because you just cannot take it anymore because their outfits are garbage, then I would say uh, the best way is to suggest outfits. Make it feel more like, oh, you should try this. This will look so good on your body, on your skin tone. This will look so good with those shoes you just bought. Give them a solution so they don't feel lost. If you're just like, I don't like your outfits, you dress trash, then they're not going to know what to do with that. You kind of have to be like, oh, I found this option for you or look at this in your closet. I forgot you even had this. Just make them feel good about it. Like I said in the first episode, a lot of things are about tone and delivery. So if you make them feel good about it, then they're going to want to change it up. You know, dear Imani, what's one habit you want to get rid of and a habit you want to keep? Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So habit I want to get rid of is my lack of consistency. (laughs) I think a lot of us probably struggle with that because consistency just takes a lot of work, okay? Something that I can think of at the top of my head is my body, honestly. So competing in pageants, I'm always my most fit, aka my skinniest self, during when it's stage time, when it's time to compete. And every year I tell myself, okay, I'm not going to gain the weight back. I love how I look. I work so hard for this body. I you know, was on a strict diet. I had balanced, healthy eating. I was working out every day. But then like clockwork, I end up gaining weight back. And that is because that's a lack of consistency. Yes, after a pageant or a bodybuilding competition or whatever the case may be, it is totally normal to gain like 10 pounds back when you go back to your regular diet, your regular water intake, or you're drinking soda, whatever, just living your life, you are probably going to gain 10 pounds back. But not to the point where you have to be gaining like 30 to 40 pounds back after like post-competition that is just a lack of consistency on my part I will say like I just have a hard time not being put under pressure I thrive under pressure like if there's a deadline I'm gonna hit it and I'm gonna go off leading up to it but then if I don't have a deadline I'm kind of just like super lax about everything which is something that I want to work on because 
being that, I love the idea that I'm carefree, but when you're that carefree where you don't have any consistency, then it messes up other parts of your life when it comes to your career or your finances and your relationships with people. Like having a lack of consistency is never a good character trait. So that's something that I really want to work on. And I think something that can help myself and people with that is one, just being real with yourself. The goals that you have, whether it's for your body or your career, are you really doing everything it takes each day to get to the point where you want to be? If the answer is no, then you need to change that mindset and change that consistency. I want to be at a certain place with my body, but I'm not doing the steps to get there. If I'm being honest, like I may be working out, but then I'm not eating the best. I might eat better, but then I'm not working out. I'm not doing everything it takes to reach that goal that I have for myself. So it's about being account- holding yourself accountable um, and being real with yourself. And then I think you can fix that lack of consistency. And something that I want to keep about myself is I love my outlook on life. I look at everything glass half full and I truly live a life in delusion. A saying that I always say is delusion is truth because I really think I'm the next it girl. Like, I live in pure delusion. I'm like, my fans are waiting. I'm a star. I'm everything. I think everyone should think of that about themselves, too. And because I live my life in delusion, and delusion is truth, it makes me extremely happy. Like, I think that I can do anything I want to do. I feel like everything's always going to work out. I just live in this mindset of a glass half full. And I, that that is something that I want to keep about myself because the world is already as the world is already crazy and sad and always trying to put you down anyway. And I love that I can just think about life in a way that allows me to think above that and be happy and know that I'm capable of everything. All right, dear Imani, how do you really feel about your pageant experience? Okay, so y'all asking personal questions, okay? I loved my pageant experience. Like I said in the first episode, I started pageants at five years old, so I competed for 20 years and I know if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have stuck with it that long. What I love most about pageantry is just what it's taught me, the woman it's made me become. I've gained so much confidence. I've learned public speaking skills, interviewing skills. I mean, I was talking on stage, on stages in front of hundreds of people by the at the age of five years old. Like, what kid is really doing that? I was giving speeches at the Martin Luther King celebrations in Washington that were televised, and I was a preteen at the time, and I was not scared at all because I learned those tools through pageantry. So I owe so much to my experience. I've met some of my best friends from pageants, and that's something that has been the biggest part of why I love them so much. You meet so many like-minded girls and women. All these women are chasing after big dreams. They know that they're capable of those dreams. And it's just so exciting to be around people that think and are goal-driven just like you. So with those two things, like everything that I've gained from pageantry, the friendships, That alone has made me only praise pageantry and what it has done for me and many other women. Of course, like anything, there are cons. So with the cons, it's like the pressure of being perfect sometimes can get to you or the lack of authenticity that can come with pageantry. I try to always be my most Imani self when I was competing, which is why I want Miss Congeniality, okay? So I was very, you know, how I am. I've always been fun and just authentic, but at the same time, you're still holding a layer back because you know you're a title holder and you know you have to represent this organization and everyone has an opinion of what a Miss whatever state should be or a Miss USA should be. So 
I think a lot of times you can lose that authenticity during your reign or when you're preparing for a pageant. Um, so that's like a con of that. But for the most part, I really enjoyed my pageant experience, my 20 years competing. Like I mentioned, I am a pageant coach, so I'm still in the game. I'm coaching girls of all ages. I judge pageants. I don't ever want to leave that world because it made me who I am today. And I hope in the future, I love to be a director for a state pageant, you know, do something along the lines, but always having pageantry in my life. So shout out to pageants, period. All right. Dear Imani, how do you deal with fear of commitment? This is coming from a woman. Fear of commitment. So I think the biggest thing with that is that first, You don't want to let fear stop you from a blessing that's right in front of you. You have to basically learn to let go and let in, like drop, okay? A lot of times when people are, you know, have a fear of commitment, I'm assuming we're talking about relationships. And that's probably because a previous relationship that you've had makes you feel like you couldn't trust, which then this makes sense. So you're scared to commit to someone because you don't know how they're going to break your heart and you're always thinking in the what if instead of like what's now. And that's probably the biggest issue with what you're facing right now. If you're holding on to the past and how someone else treated you, then you're not going to be able to break down those walls and allow someone to treat you in a way that you deserve. And then you're going to let that fear of commitment get in the way of something that could be so beautiful in your life. So you have to learn to just let go and allow someone else to come in. I know that can probably be very difficult and it's probably easier said than done. But if you truly want a life that's happy, you're going to have to let go. And I think a lot of times too, we fear commitment because we're always thinking about, well, how will this end? It's like your anxiety starts to get in the way. Because you know how people say, well, we're either going to break up or get married. And obviously, that's just the two points that you have. But when you think of it like that, it allows you to get nervous. It's like, oh, no, what if we break up? And then it's like, oh, my God, what if we get married? That's so much commitment. That's so that's so serious. So you start freaking out on either end. But instead, you just got to stay in the middle. Like, don't allow yourself to get scared of either direction. Just vibe out. <laughs> just have fun with it, girl. But don't be scared to commit to someone if that's what your heart is telling you to do. Imagine meeting someone that is like rocking your world and they're just the best person you ever met and you don't want to commit because you are afraid to. You just lost out on a fabulous, amazing opportunity to be in love. You just blocked your own blessing and you never want to do that. So like I said, let go and let in. Okay, the last one. Dear Imani, what to do when a friend gets out of control drunk when going out every time? (laughs) If you are that friend, you need to get it together. Like, we are grown. And I, okay, let's backtrack. First of all, it's okay to get super lit on your birthday and big celebrations. And everybody has their moment where they're just too messed up. They're throwing up and your friends are going to take care of you. I do not mind that whatever when it's every once in a while. But if you guys are going out every weekend, all the time, and this one friend is always blacking out, always super drunk, throwing up and you got to take care of her, this needs to be dealt with, period. Because here's the thing, it costs money, time, energy to go out. And we do not have the means to be looking after you all the time. We got to leave the club. Are we getting kicked out the club? Are we got to clean up the door? Are we got to do this, do that? Because you don't know how to handle your liquor. What is that about? And here's the thing, a lot of times it depends, it depends too. So to handle this situation, I think it depends on what kind of person you are. If you don't mind confrontation, then this is the easy answer. You just say, hey, 
you need to stop getting drunk like that every time we go out because it's annoying and you're wasting my time and my energy and all the above. But if you don't like talking to your friends like that and you don't like conversation, then I think the best one is to maybe just sit down and talk to them and give them options on how to control their liquor. So one, like stop them once they are past a certain number of drinks because we all know our friends. Like if I know my friend is, you know, five shots deep and I know the sixth one's going to take her over the edge, then it's like I can step in and say, hey, we're, we good. Let's just stop right here. You know, we all kind of know that about our friends. So when you see her or him get to that point, then I would say that's when you can step in and stop them and be like, hey, let's stop here. <laughs> because it's you have every right to tell them what it is. If everyone's annoyed, I mean, nobody wants to be talked about either behind their back. So nobody wants to be the friend that everyone's annoyed with and doesn't want them to go out with them and low-key everyone is feeling some type of way but they never know it themselves like it's just best to usually be honest in that situation and like I said it costs time money energy to go out and nobody wants to just be wasting it because they're trying to take care of someone that keeps doing the same action every single time and let's be real it's way more fun just to be tipsy or like slightly drunk you don't need to be blacked out and like throwing up every time that sounds miserable it literally hurts to throw up and then the next morning you feel like crap so why are you doing that every weekend I feel like maybe you can even ask like what's going on like do you have some issues do you need to talk about something like do we need to go to therapy what's the real tea because why are you getting that drunk every time we go out especially if you go out often then that's just way too messy So I would say talk to them. And if they don't change after you talk to them, then just stop inviting them, honestly, because you're not about to be ruining my time every time we go out, okay? Like, I did not get this bomb, this, I didn't put this cute outfit on. Most likely I bought a new outfit because I buy a new outfit every time I go out. I did not buy this new outfit and put this face on and get my hair done for you to be messing up my night. So if they don't change, stop inviting them. All right, so that was all of the submissions that I got from week one's episode of Red Flags and Dear Imani submissions. You guys send some really good stuff, and I just look forward to the advice that I can give and the stories that I'm going to receive through dearimani.com, okay, um, throughout this journey. So keep on participating. Like I mentioned, crowd participation is key. So this has been so much fun. I'm so happy I was able to give you another episode. You know, you don't want to make your episodes too long because then people tune out. You know, our attention span is like 0.5 seconds these days. So That's why I was like, let me just split this into two. And that way you have a whole other episode to listen to. So I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for all of your submissions. And I'm going to end with Imani's final thoughts. So some of the submissions today were catering to friends and like what to tell them. So my final thoughts are this. I know it can be hard telling your friends about themselves, but sometimes it's the only option and needs to be done. But as long as you're doing it and coming from a place of love and wanting them to be better, then I think that's what matters most. If you do have a hard time doing that, then I say do it in a way that doesn't seem as upfront. So suggest different options or suggest doing it together so they don't feel alone in whatever the scenario is. So that is my final thoughts of the day. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast. I cannot wait to be back next week and maybe we'll do more of these double decker I don't even know, double deck or what. <laughs> maybe we'll do more of these double episodes on Fridays in the future dropping some mini episodes every now and then. But thank you for listening to the podcast and I'll see you next time.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. You can watch the full episode on YouTube and make sure to send in your stories and questions at dairymoney.com. Reminder, I am not responsible for the outcome of any advice you take from me. Unless it's good, then I get all the credit. See you next week. Mwah!